uh, security deposits. We've talked about them a lot on the show, but things are always changing and we want to do a good primer so you understand everything you need to know about security deposits in one short episode. So since Air Cover, Airbnb actually moved away from letting you set your own security deposit, which originally were more of a hold anyway, like an authorization hold and not an actual refundable deposit like we would want. Um, at, the, at that point before Air Cover, 60% of Airbnbs had security deposits before this huge change. Um, Verbo lets you charge security deposits and they hold the funds. When a guest checks out, it's released unless you specify damage was done. Then Verbo gets involved, ask for documentation and so on. So Tim, how are you currently doing security deposits? So when we saw the platforms make the changes, John, I decided to kind of, uh, there's a common theme that you'll, you'll note with me. I get hands-on and pretty into it. And I decided to uh, start collecting security deposits on my own. And there's a couple of ways that I looked at, and there's a couple of ways that actually worked pretty well. Yeah, as owners, we can use platforms like Owner Reservation or Owner Res, and you can configure that to automatically collect a security deposit from your guests. That's one approach. Second approach is just open an account with a processor like Stripe. And through Stripe, you can collect a security deposit from your owners upfront and hold it in your Stripe account. The one key thing here, John, and boy, did I learn this one the hard way, is make sure that your house rules, your house guidelines, there's solid communication up front so your guests know that the security deposit is going to be charged and how and when it's going to be refunded, assuming they leave your, your house in great shape. Don't let this be a surprise. I, uh, I forgot to notify folks accordingly. And that was not a pleasant experience. Please learn from my mistakes. Tim, I love how you're opening up and teaching that you can have a refundable security deposit even if you use the platforms. Because a lot of hosts I've spoken to, they didn't know that this was an option. And they're wondering, like, how do I protect my property? I'm worried about people coming in and doing damage and I'm not going to get reimbursed for it. What do I do? And for ultimate control, you can ask for an off-platform security deposit. But as you said, this has to be all over your listing text. And it does kind of turn off some guests because it increases, like we were saying in the previous episode, the total cost of booking with you. And it adds a little bit of complexity when they have to transfer you funds. And like when you're actually doing this, it looks and feels a little strange, right? Even if it has the best intentions because they have to give you money off platform or on platform. But if you want to learn how to do a refundable security deposit, Tim, just walk through some of those steps. Um, I'm just going to recap the steps. You want to, one, put it in your house rules and your property description in the front. You need to put the amount of the deposit and the terms, just as Tim said, because if you don't spell it out, you're leaving it up to... It's going to be confusing. right? So second, if you have a rental agreement, include it in there. We have a really good template for a rental agreement, although you should run it by your personal attorney. Um, and if you subscribe to our podcast at vacationhomehelp.com slash podcast, we can make that rental agreement template available to you. Um, step three, ask the guests to transfer you this payment through a money request on Airbnb, or as Tim said, through Stripe, they can pay by card or do an authorization by card. 
or by ACH. We recommend you don't use PayPal because it's easy to do a chargeback on there. And if they do damage and they just ask PayPal for refund, they might get it. Um, so you will have to set up your own merchant account for this, such as Stripe, just as Tim said. And then four, refund them when they check out at the time that you specified so you could stay true to your word. And five, again, this adds some extra complexity, but the amount of the deposit. Don't ask for too much of a deposit if you're, if your rental is like $400 for the whole stay, you don't want to ask for a $1,000 deposit. If your rental is going to be $2,000 for the whole stay, you don't want to ask for a $3,000 deposit. It just needs to be in a, in a, like a market type of way. It needs to make sense, the amount. Um, this is where direct bookings come in. So Tim, you have direct bookings, right? Isn't it so much better when you take direct bookings, you have so much more control over the security deposit? You, you really do. And when you have direct bookings, you're most likely charging the guests less because they're not having to play, pay the platform fees. So they're less resistant to the deposits as well. So they're getting a, a better rate. They're not getting charged the platform fees, much more open to it. And it's so much more straightforward, John. Absolutely. And we want to once again say book direct, book direct, book direct, because when you get direct bookings from social media, your email list, direct mail, your own personal network, you are the boss, you have control, you collect and refund a deposit on your terms. So as much as you can maximize direct bookings, do that because you won't be at the mercy of the platforms, which they go through you know, their own process to determine if they should pay you out or not. Um, they're a little bit better about this now, but you need to have great documentation. So even if you collect your own refundable security deposit, Tim and I have talked about this several times in previous podcasts, but for those of you who are listening for the first time, you need timestamp photos. So your turnover team should be taking timestamped photos. There's free apps to take timestamped photos. So those need to be done. Um, if you have to fix anything that they broke, keep the receipts, keep the invoices. Airbnb will ask for them. And there have been pretty, pretty difficult about invoices for reimbursement. They even like look up the company, make sure they're legit. They do due diligence to make sure that your receipts are all in line. So you need to have receipts, invoices, you need to have uh, photos of the damage if you want to actually uphold the terms of your refundable security deposit or even deal with air cover if you're not doing a deposit. So keep documentation if things are damaged. You need photos, receipts, invoices, keep that stuff. It's super important. Um, on documentation, Tim, um, you've had this happen to you recently with smoking. So you know how important it is. Um, anything to add on documentation? No, I, I think the timestamp photos we're finding very, very important. And any type of record that you can have, if you have your home pre and post inspected, that helps. If you have technology in your home that generates reports, uh, that helps. Uh, the more information you can share, the better. And what you're going to find is that most times the platforms are going to reach out to you and ask if you have original receipts if you're claiming a damage to something. And it's important to keep those receipts. I think most of us probably do because we like to, to maintain good bookkeeping. But having those receipts will able you, will allow you to reference the original cost of something if you're claiming a damage. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. On our next episode, we're going to talk about reducing barriers to booking to increase the likelihood of booking upon first glance. So this is going to be recapping a lot of what we talked about in the other fees episode, but it's going to talk more high level about reducing those barriers to booking. So you can increase the probability that people who are looking at your property will actually book with you. So with that being said, thanks for listening today. On to the next episode.